We are Dr. Sarah Bone and Dr. Lisa Tartaglia. We are both actively practicing osteopathic physicians, dual boarded in family medicine and hospice and palliative medicine. You Only Die Once is a virtual place for sharing information about serious illness, the end of life process, hospice and palliative medicine with the patient, the family, and the practitioner. You only die once, and we believe it can and should be a good death. Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Lisa Tartaglia. Dr. Sarah Baum. We wanted to keep it maybe a little bit lighter today because we're going to talk about a, a very difficult topic, a pretty heavy topic. We're coming up on the holiday season, and I know that the holidays are pretty stressful anyway, but if you've got some sadness on your heart, if you've been through some uh, recent stress, if you've got some grief that you're trying to deal with, it can make the holiday season even more difficult to deal with. First, we want to extend our sympathy to anybody that is trying to make it through these holidays that does have sadness as an extra stress, that is trying to deal with grief because we are concerned for you and we want to try to provide some assistance or some help if we can. And please, for those of you um, that are viewers and listeners, if you wouldn't mind dropping in the comments your strategies to get through the grief. For some of you, it's been grief for many years. For others, it's the first time approaching the holiday seasons. But I find talking with others, normalizing our feelings really helps us uh, navigate this uncharted territory. So if you've got any kind of tactic that you use that might be a help to someone else, please put it in the comment below to help others. Approaching the holidays can really be daunting, especially if you've got a person from your life that is no longer with you. So the family is all suffering and all sad. Those feelings that you can experience, words that come to people's minds for that are hurt and loss, regret, guilt, pain, sadness and remorse are some of the first words that a lot of people come up with. One word that a lot of families will come up with that they're maybe reluctant to say sometimes though is relief. Occasionally the past few weeks, months, or even year years have been very difficult for their loved one and they have these mixed emotions because they love their loved or they miss their loved one they miss their loved one, but they feel relief that their loved one is no longer suffering. So certainly that just causes this mix of emotions that can be very, very difficult to deal with. Acknowledge that it's going to be difficult. I think it's really important for us to acknowledge our feelings. Don't be hard on yourself and make things even worse. Old memories are going to surge up unexpectedly. I mean, throughout the day and on a normal day, but I feel like in the holiday season, that's when we normally gather with friends and family. So that is more heightened. So try to um, know that they're going to happen and go easy on yourself. Try to brace yourself for these events um, and gatherings and, and, and know like to the extent in which you're willing to participate, right? You don't have to go to every event, but don't also isolate from everything. Fear can be very paralyzing. Fear can bring up a lot of feelings um, and also a lot of physical components. You can get very sick when you're feeling anxious. Uh, for myself, when I'm anxious, I feel sick to my stomach. I overeat. Um, I, I, I overeat. I want to eat bad things. I think that eating is going to soothe me, and then I eat, eat too much, eat things I shouldn't, and then I feel really sick from it. 
Yes. And then it allows us to stay victim to the negative feeling because then we feel bad in, in, you know, internally. And now we also feel bad externally with external symptoms. It's also important to look at if you're sleeping a lot. Some people, they get real depressed. They lock themselves up. They don't return phone calls. So just remember sleepiness, lethargy, that's normal. But try to really have um, a check-in with yourself each day. Establish boundaries. Determine, you know, what you want to participate in and what you think might be too stressful. Hopefully, your family and friends are going to be sensitive to the time that you're going through and they're going to try to be an assistant for you, try to help you. But you got to remember sometimes they're suffering and they're hurting as well. The same person maybe is no longer with us, but it was a different individual you know, for one person, it might have been their significant other. For another person, it might have been a parent or a sibling or maybe a child. And so it's a different pain for each person that's experiencing it. So they're all kind of going through some form of grieving. But you can help each other through that period of grief. So you got to kind of give them a little bit of pass. You got to give them a little bit of acceptance. And you've got to protect yourself you know, physically and emotionally protect yourself. And I really think you need to prepare for um, the lifeline of people. Make sure you know who your people are. Who you can call, who you can reach out to. Mm -hmm. And those people, um, you know, you could talk to them before as if you, if you know yourself enough to know that you're going to be going into a situation where your feelings may come up, you can discuss with them before like, hey, if I send you this text, um, call me, call me and help me. Um, or um, even if you don't have that, just make sure that um, you, you're not able to do all that preemptively. Make sure you have a good line of people that, you know, you can trust, that you can confide in, um, that aren't going to judge your feelings and just accept you for where you are in your process. If you're having a rough evening, you can always excuse yourself to the bathroom. But then if you've got that individual who can call you, they can maybe talk you through it so you can make it. Or maybe they can give you a reason to leave. And go home. Yeah. And I think it's so important to um, have those people that uh, that you can trust and confide in just to help you because there's a lot of judgment to grief to the holidays. Sometimes people will say things that they don't even mean like, oh, what are you, what are you mad about? They're no longer suffering or things like that. It's unintentional. They may say hurtful things. You just want to be mindful during this time of your food intake, your beverage intake, and, and how you spend your time. Because, you know, like we talked about, eating the wrong things or not eating. You know, I call it being hangry at our house because if somebody misses a meal and then they're already hungry and then they get a little bit mad, they get hangry. And, you know, just I tease, you know, my family, just keep your, you know, arms and legs away from the gnashing teeth. <laughs> Because if I, get I eaten. yeah, I might get eaten, I get hungry and I'm mad or I'm sad and I'm upset, then, you know, things don't necessarily come out of my mouth the way I would like for them to come out and mm -hmm. don't, I don't say things appropriately. The same thing with beverages, you know, having a glass of wine at dinner might be acceptable or having a beer during a game might be something that you would mm -hmm. commonly do, but be careful about your intake because sometimes it will decrease your inhibitions and then it might be a place where you didn't really want to express certain emotions and those emotions get expressed because your inhibitions are less. Exactly. 
The other thing to consider is fatigue. Mm. We already talked about you may not be sleeping well, and fatigue is one of your worst enemies. You're, you're, you're emotionally tired. You're maybe not getting fitful sleep, even though you've been laying down or sitting down. You're just not really feeling rested. And fatigue is one of your worst enemies, and those emotions are just going to be more raw. Sometimes it's the first time you've seen somebody or the first time you've expressed a story to someone, and those emotions are going to be more raw during those times. And if you're fatigued, if you're hungry, if maybe your inhibitions are decreased because you've maybe been consuming some alcohol, that is all going to affect it, and all those emotions are going to be heightened during that time. And choosing to make meaning out of the loss is really coming from a place of power. If we create this negative negativity of, you know, my spouse died, my, you know, I, my, my father died, my mother died, my grandmother, whichever, whatever a person you want to put in, even if it's a dear friend, and we stay in that negative place, then it's very hard to get out of that victim. So it's really, really important to try to choose to make meaning and find something powerful out of it. So we wanna focus on those that are close to you, your family and friends. Spend time with those that give you strength mm -hmm. and extend your happiness. Like Dr. Bone said, boundaries are so important. I still have time, uh, a hard time creating boundaries of what we, we do let into our, our lives. Um, we are empathetic souls, we're healers, we're physicians. So we have a hard time uh, sometimes help extending ourselves even when we should be resting. So it's so important when you're going through the grief process to align yourself with people that are like-minded um, to help with your healing. And I, I was just going to interject the word survivor versus victim. And we have been victimized by some of the things that we've been through, but we're going to survive and we're going to get through this and we're going to see it on the other side. You've got those people that are going to help you through that time and you're going to help them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny for myself, and I'm sure and you've had similar experience, and I, for, for whatever reason, when people experience loss, I create friendships through that because of my profession. Um, I may not have spoken to that person, never had coffee with that person, but when they have, are going through a grief process, they'll reach out to me and I'll just send them you know, some texts and communications and help ease their pain, which I hope when I'm in that position, I'll have people like that aligned to help. You want to recognize the traditions that you have created over the years, those old traditions. Maybe some of them need a facelift. Maybe you need some new traditions. Maybe an old tradition needs to be kicked to the curb. You know, it may be that this is a holiday. You need a non-traditional holiday. Sometimes that empty chair can be really a uh, painful empty chair to look at. And so if you have a non-traditional holiday, maybe that'll, that'll help get past some of this pain so that you can have some things to enjoy and some things to look forward to. I know that uh, the year that my father passed away and he really loved the holidays, it was very difficult for, for us that holiday season to get through that. It was very fresh. And it was very raw. And so we decided that we were not going to do what we usually did for the holidays. And we actually went to the movies. And I, it's it was the year that Home Alone came out. And I know that because... Um, during that movie, there's this one scene where uh, the little boy's walking down the street and you look through this big kind of uh, pane glass window, big picture window on the front of this house, and you see this 
old white haired guy in that living room with all those people. And, you know, it's not really necessarily a terribly sad scene, but the three of us, my, my brother and my mom, I all burst into tears. I know everybody else in the theater was looking around. I was like, what's wrong with them? But, you know, we went there thinking it would be a safe way for us to escape and everything was safe. I think that scene maybe lasts one second. But we all caught that same picture of that, you know, guy. And it was just raw for us. So there are going to be points that are very difficult to get through. And you just need to have that support system around you. Just be braced for those. And then maybe you can find something to giggle about. Because I know we were all laughing through our tears when we left the movie theater. Because we were remembering how we were all brought to tears during that. But nobody around us, of course, knew why we were crying. But we we, we cried, but we laughed about it, too. Yeah, and it's good to, like Dr. Bone said, to give yourself grace and have empathy towards your feelings. Because they're normal to be feeling that way. And um, who cares if you're crying at the movie theater? It it might have just made everyone laugh and they're going to have that unforgettable moment for at Christmas. So you want to do some things that are maybe a little bit different for you this year. Yeah, like, for example, give, uh, you know, give help to others might help reduce your symptoms. I mean, I'm not saying create a uh, toy drive or whatever kind of drive you want to do and do it for every year. But maybe you just do it the first year after the loss or maybe the second. Just be some helping hands. Yes. Maybe do a meal, whatever you feel like you want to do to volunteer. Sometimes by helping others, it helps divert some of your feelings and then also makes you have a sense of satisfaction and worthiness. It Um, could be a tribute to that other individual. Yeah, because oftentimes we're losing patients um, and their caregivers are lost. All they've done is is, help Devote themselves to that other person and now without them, they're needing their time and their energy. They feel feel Mm -hmm. empty. So this is where volunteering really comes in and is helpful. We advise you to plan ahead. If it's truly going to be painful, then don't go, don't do it. But sometimes, you know, you do want to participate in some of those things. If it's just an absolute out, don't go. Stay home, order takeout, get delivery. You know, choose your events carefully and choose the things that you want to spend your time on wisely. You want to get rest. You want to choose the activities you want to participate in. You want to make sure you have personal time. You want to work responsibly. Don't, this is not the time you want to, you know, do a lot of overtime because you're trying to fill your time and work as a distraction. Maybe you like to shop. Well, don't go crazy with the visa. You know, this is not the time for that. Outings. You might want to do some outings with some friends. You might want to have some gatherings. So practice what you might say on some of these, too. You might think, you know, I've got some well-meaning people and they're going to maybe be curious or they're going to want to say things. How am I going to respond to that? Practice in front of the mirror. Practice with, if you've got a good friend that's a confidant, you can practice with them. So you don't want to avoid everything. You want to go to some gatherings. When I was a kid, the phrase they used to say is, you know, when you fall off the horse, you want to make sure you get back up and ride again. And when I was a kid, I used to think, oh, banged up and bruised up. I don't know that I want to get back up on that horse. Well, now that I'm a little older and a little wiser, I think what they were trying to tell me is psychologically, you don't want to wait so long that the horse is more frightening to you. So I am banged up. I am bruised up, but I do want to get on the horse. And your heart is injured. You are soul sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Go ahead, take a little time, give yourself a little bit of a pass, 
but then go to some of the littler gatherings or some of the gatherings with close friends so you kind of can get back up on that horse again and you can get back out into society. Don't sequester yourself. Your loved one wouldn't want you to do that. They would want you to have some joy and they would want you to have some fun and enjoy things with their memory not just live in sadness. Yeah, and that's why I think it's important, like Dr. Bond said, to set up new ideas for things. We're lucky. We live in the Orlando area, so we can always find holiday things around here um, to do. And sometimes it's good to create new holiday memories if you want to do holiday things and just go and have fun with others that are like-minded like you. Maybe you have a friend that has experienced a similar loss or, or someone that has an empathetic heart that connects like your confidant. And it's good to go, you know? So manage what you're expecting. Mm -hmm. Be kind to yourself. It is so important. Um, I know for myself, I, I really held myself to a very, very high standard. And I have, a, I have a hard time preaching kindness to myself. But what I mean by kindness to yourself is self-care. It's so important. So do something that makes you feel happy or connected to your soul, um, whether it's a manicure, or a pedicure, getting new linens or towels in your house, um, new pajamas, uh, new booties to wear because, you know, it gets a little chilly in the holiday season. Go take your car for a car wash. Hey, by golly, wash your car, whatever. Whatever makes you feel good. Cook for us. Um, we both like to cook and bake. So I know that yeah, you can cook for us for yes. you. For us, I think she means for yes. us cooking. Yes. But I like to bake, and I know she she loves to cook. She's Italian, and I'm German, and we both like to eat. Yes. So whatever your diversion is. Yeah, and give yourself the space. It is normal to feel that grief and have those negative, and, and negative feelings, but then it is also normal to have uh, happiness and joy mm -hmm. and not just stay in the sadness, and especially not in an anger. You know, right. I, I know that people always want to look at what could have been done different, what should have been done different. We are where we are. And, you know, going over it and over it and over it in your mind and in your heart, it's just going to weigh you down like an anchor. So, exactly. you know, process those things as best you can. Reach out to family and friends to support you and and try some other activities that you may do. Some simple things that you can do that are not expensive that you could do at home. In your bathroom in the morning when you're trying to get ready, light a scented candle while you're getting ready and doing your morning routine and you smell that scented candle. It might remind you this is some time I'm going to set aside every morning to think about my loved one and to devote a little bit of time to our memory together. And then after I've passed that and I put my candle out and I get ready for the rest of my day, I know I've already handled those emotions mm -hmm. and they're not going to sneak up on me. I've mentally prepared for the day and I've, I've had that little bit of personal time. Mm -hmm. You could assemble some things, some little mementos or personal things. You could um, get some of their t-shirts or favorite colors and have someone put you a memory quilt together and have a memory box. And when you have some private time, that you want to go through those things, just seeing them and, and, you know, putting them in order and handling those things can help with those memories and processing those things. And maybe you've got another loved one you want to share those things with, you know, passing those things down. Oftentimes um, our loved ones may have passed years ago and there's newer family members that didn't have the relationships with them. 
So it's really cool to relive that um, relationship or tell the, tell those people what it means to me. For my children, uh, my grandmother was not alive when they were born. She wasn't alive when I got married. So when they look at her picture, they'll say, oh, is that your grandmother? And if it's a goofy picture, I'll say what was happening at that moment and we have a good laugh about it. And it brings joy instead of yeah. just the sadness and the loss of not having her around for the holiday. And it helps share that memory with that new generation. Mm-hmm. Maybe have a memory meal where you and the yes. family gets together or you and the friends get together. And each one, of you is <laughs> each one of you is going to tell one fun, friendly, happy mm-hmm. story that maybe makes others, you know, have a smile or remembrance or giggle something about something they used to do or say, it doesn't have to be a big, long story, but just something fun about that memory that you can share with the younger generation Mm -hmm. so that then they feel like they know that person as well. Yeah. Enjoy the same music. Yes. You could maybe enjoy a movie. You could maybe watch a sporting event that was their team, but those things help keep those memories alive and fresh and bring some respect to that individual without hopefully bringing you too much heaviness and too much sorrow. Yeah. And I think with music, it also helps with healing um, because I find for me, I connect uh, to music um, or, and stories and also movies, but when I'm in my car and I'm feeling, you know, if I have to go somewhere to a certain meeting, I'll play certain music to kind of prep me. Yeah. Um, you know, and at the holiday time, holiday music, when I hear certain songs, it reminds me of certain loved ones. Yeah. Um, and I feel that it helps you just hold on to their memory in your heart when you're driving, you know, from for me, it's for when I'm driving from point A to point B and just heal your heart in yeah. a different level. Yeah, because you know your loved one is going to want you to feel joy and not live in sadness. Mm-hmm. So in summary, our... Uh, life as we go through it and our journey as we build relationships with others, grief happens and sadness occurs and grief is normal and learning how to move forward is part of that journey to healing. The pain you feel for the person that's no longer a part of your life is truly a tribute to the love that you shared and remembering that person and what they represented to you and the family is part of the legacy that they leave behind. Yes, and I think it's so important for us. We are around people at the most intimate time of their life when they are faced with uh, terminal illness and through the process of, of passing. And I have to tell you, I've always had patients say to me, that they're afraid of what their legacy of what they're going to leave behind. And they're afraid of the pain that this and suffering they're going to cause family. Yeah. So I can tell you with a hundred percent truth of our 50 years of combined service with hospice and palliative medicine. I know your loved ones would want you to be happy. Thank you for listening today. You can also find us on YouTube channel name. You only die once. If you have any specific questions you would like us to address, please feel free to send us an email at youonlydieoncedos at gmail.com. That's youonlydieoncedos at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you again soon.